0: Praise God. Wow, that was good. Hey, uh, so really quickly, a couple things. Uh, Come out Wednesday night. And here's what we're asking because on the prayer and fasting card you got, we've kind of been now in a focus of... um, just more concentrating on evangelism and worship. But we're asking everybody who will just go ahead and fast on Wednesday, at least up until, you know, church time, uh, sun up to sun down. So if you're an early riser and the sun's not up, go ahead and do like Marcus does and have a big breakfast and then fast all day. And then the second the sun goes down, go ahead and eat before you come to church. And that, I mean, that's, that's okay. That's sun up to sun down. But we're asking anybody who will to come out, on Wednesday, anybody who will to fast with us on Wednesday, for those strongholds and that breakthrough. Okay, for those because maybe you don't need a breakthrough, but somebody you know might, or somebody that you don't even know might. But you're fasting, and so God's gonna give them a breakthrough. That's a, an amazing thing. And also, there is a uh, there's a parachurch ministry in our church that does a, that's doing a project. Shea Pack, all right? Shea in Hebrew means gift, and it's a really cool ministry. Uh, I'm going to tell you about it briefly. Uh, They make up backpacks for homeless people that includes a tent and a sleeping bag and hygiene and different things in the pack that they go around, and they're raising $8,000, and they're $2,000 short. And I think we made most of it the first service, but we could be a little short. So if you'd like to help, we're asking for $100. Gifts for those who we want to be a part of this project that we give over to the folks and the amazing people uh, in our church that have this ministry. Isn't that good to minister to the homeless? I mean, that, that's a that's a huge that's a huge win. Uh, and so, if you want to if you want to help, see me. we will make sure the money gets forward over them. And what a great thing they give shampoo, they give toothbrushes, toothpaste. Uh, they give gloves, they give ponchos for the rain. I mean, it's just it's an amazing thing. And their ultimate goal is to uh, buy or start a homeless shelter that they can then uh, help those people, uh, rehab, do, do different things, and have a place to stay where they can hear the gospel message, uh, love Jesus, and get their lives squared away. Praise God. Any money. Janie says anything. You don't have to give 100 you give a thousand if you want, <laughs> 10,000 or five or 10. Yeah. She, anything. And that's true. We, anything you have to so see me afterwards, or if you want to do it on the kiosk, put it under the compassion uh, part, and then we'll make sure that gets forwarded over to them. Praise the Lord. Uh, I like today's message. It's different. Uh, we're in our prayer and fasting. the first week we did prayer and prophecy. then the next week we did uh, breaking down strongholds prayer and freedom. and then last week with jesse here wasn 't he good didn 't Jesse do a good job? That was just amazing. Uh, uh, it was kind of like prayer in Jesus and today 's prayer and community because we all need community. We all need people in our lives and I always uh, not always, but I like to do a little certain different twists on that. And so we're going to talk about kind of our progression in Christ. What can we do to continue to grow? It should be upon every believer that we're growing in a continuous fashion, that we've never arrived yet, not until we get to the other side, uh, that we're always learning. i We're always, you know, either taking notes or bringing it in. We're always going to the next moment, the next level. And so we'll read some scripture or kind of maybe talk about a little bit and then we're going to give you some ideas on Jesus's way and the groups of people that he worked with or saw that kind of were just continue to maybe grow in Christ. so let's go to Romans the 12th chapter we're going to read 9 through 13 but we may stop along the the way let uh, love be genuine. let you really let your love be genuine you know we uh, the, the world knows, uh, and looks at churches and say well that that's just fake that's just that's false that's that's not real they don't really love me because we really are conditional lovers okay you do something for me I do something for you uh, parents are unconditionally loved but it looks almost conditional when a child grows up you take a nap when you get up you can go outside and play that's a start of a condition you know if you eat all your food you can have a small piece of dessert you can have uh, something of there we watched um, Janie watched I don't well, I don't watch <laughs> Janie watched the grand two youngest grandbabies and little Judah he loves bread. And little man right after my own heart takes after poppy and we got him a little pizza that was okayed by the parents personal pan pizza pepperoni he loves it but he eats the crust first and and, and he and then we we had a we had the speaker last week speaker had to had to go to the, the get to the airport really quickly so we got some pizzas upstairs and and ate really quick and there was a dessert you know, like cinnamon bread, you know, and uh, it looked really good, and he said, Poppy, Poppy, I said, yeah, buddy, is that all sugar, said, it is all sugar, could I have just a little piece, <laughs> I said, and I looked around to get the okay, Charity wasn't in the room, made an executive decision, I said, yeah, I'll give you a little piece, so I broke off, just a little piece, And it was just a little piece, It wouldn't have filled up a bird, he looked at it, he put it in his mouth, His eyes rolled back his head. He savored it. Oh, that is so good, he said. (laughs) That is so good. Our, Our love needs to be like that to the world, where they see Jesus in each of us. So let your love be genuine. Let your love be real, not a conditional love, We have to love people just where they're at, just the way they are. And even though it may look different or feel different, they have to see Christ in us. Abhor what is evil. We have to understand that people that are broken, okay, we don't need to break the spirit in them. We need to break the spirit over them. There's a reason why people are broken. There's a re- they, they hate their past or they know they've messed up. They know they're not where they're supposed to be. They know they're not who this, this, this creator that's in them, but they're broken. And then they don't need the church to keep breaking them. They need the church to break the strongholds over them. That's what the church is for to break strongholds over people. This is why we're praying and fasting. Maybe your life is perfect right now and everything is going good. Then you pray and fast for somebody else's stronghold in their life. Because that's the abhorring evil that we need. Hold fast to what is good. Let's go on verse number 10. Love one another. With brotherly affection again, he's telling us here, Paul, that we need to have love for one another. It's easy to love those who love you back. It's hard to love people who don't necessarily belong to your community. But this is what he's telling us, to do this, outdo one another in showing honor. We have certain people in the church, and I won't name them, who just they try to outdo each other in honor or serving or grace. And it's amazing when you step back and see like, they don't want any attention. It's all behind the scenes. It's, it's behind the fact they're doing things. They're working on things. They're working on projects. They're being, they're being selfless. And it's like they're out serving each other. It's an amazing thing. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. In other words, it's like when we come into church and we hear that favorite worship song. And it kind of lights us up just a little bit. It's like, wow, that's amazing. Like today was throwback. And it was so far throwback that some of you didn't even know it. You thought, where did the new songs come from? Like, oh, I love that sloppy wet kiss part. The non-radio version. On the radio, they they changed the words. Like, oh, you missed the best part of the song. It's like, you know, we I said good good night to Judah the other night because he spent the night. and He's gonna give me a kiss on this side of the face, and these guys, and I'm like, okay, great, because you know, Sailor won't kiss or hug me. So, like, and hug him. Yeah, that's not good enough. He's got to kiss this side. And then he he's with the lips up, and he he's got to kiss this side. And it was a little, it was a little wet, you know, and I just I liked it. It was like yeah. It's like, night, buddy. I love you. Say I love you. and uh, She didn't say anything. She's kissing on Grammy. That's good, too. No problem there. Listen, we have to have a, a zeal for the Lord that doesn't hinge upon if we like the worship song, if we like the message, if we, if the, if the, if we like the, the building, or if we like the community. We have a zeal for the Lord that we can worship Him, worship Him wherever we're at. We can love him wherever we're at. We can be fervent in the spirit wherever we're at. We're going to serve the Lord. This is what Paul's saying. Verse 12 then says, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. You know the hope part. Without hope, okay, if you have no hope, then faith is minimized. Your measure of faith reduces to nothing. Because if the, you've heard it before, well, it's a hopeless situation there's no hope anymore, well, then we don't exercise our faith. But if there's a glimmer of hope, if we can just exercise just one portion or one moment of our faith, if we can just just reach out, just touch out and have our faith, and then we're patient in tribulation, this too shall pass. Whatever you're going through, it will get better. It it, it may be uh, sorrowful now, it may be harmful, it may be hurtful now, but God has a way of taking care of that emotion and then be constant in prayer. I think sometimes Christ followers only pray when they need something. It's just a matter of, okay, i got to pray, or all we can do now is pray. But if you're praying every day, there's kind of a warehouse in heaven, and you're storing up faith, you're storing up mercy, you're storing up grace. And if you need a scripture for that, go to Philippians 4, the fourth chapter. Paul says you've lacked because you've not stored up into your account. You have a chance. If you show mercy, God will give you mercy back. If you show grace, he'll give you grace back. If you show faith, he'll give you faith back. If you exercise in hope, you have, you have an account in heaven. And so be constant in prayer so that when you need it, God knows who you are. Metaphorically speaking, it's like I don't go to God and say, God, here I am again. My name's Mark. I pastor your church at Hickory. I don't have to reintroduce myself. I pray every morning or I pray every night or I pray. You find yourself a prayer time and be constant in prayer. Verse 13, the last verse before we pray, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. That's the shape acts That's that's the uh, uh, that's the orphanage giving. By by the way, we have a missionary in the house, Charles Russell. Charles, just give us a wave. Would you give our missionary, Charles Russell, a hand of appreciation? Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. All right. Amanda Sowers and Amanda's family to Nicaragua. Give, give Nicaragua a hand, all right? We have an orphanage in Haiti that we support. Give Haiti a hand. Listen, you're doing the work, OK? We're doing the work. We just need to do it a little bit more, OK? We've contribute to the needs of the saints. Uh, you've heard my story about Ted. I'll just say it briefly. We're out witnessing on the streets and Ted was a drunken, strung out, heroin addicted, alcoholic. Uh, me and being a guy that I was with, we went up, thought there was a massive fight. and It was just Ted having a bad day. We had gray shirts on and we were here to pray for you. And so Grace was getting, or Grace uh, Ted was getting ready to throw a, a right hook to the guy that I was with, and he stopped right in the middle and he broke down crying. And we said, "What? What caused you to stop? What caused you not to not to, to throw the punch?" He said, "I wondered if that grace was for me." He said, "Of course it's for you." He said, "Father had been a preacher twenty years ago, twenty-five years ago, and he got he got." There's so much religion in him that it was no good. He became so legalistic that it was no good, and he couldn't live it, so then he just dumped off the heap, and we led him to the Lord right there. And then for the next six weeks, we went back and had a real TED Talk with him, and we talked to him, and we discipled him, and we ministered to him. And He assured us every week that he is off the drugs. He was off the alcohol. And, and then <laughs> my friend said, so, Pastor, don't give him no cash. We, we don't want to add to his. We want to make sure that he's still off. But see, we, we, you show hospitality to people that are maybe not in the same place you are because you're contributing to the needs of the saints. Here's a guy that just was so far down on his luck that he needed, he needed someone just to hug him. And we hugged him and we cried with him and we, and we talked to him and we ministered to him but it's the real thing. Contribute to the needs of the saints. It's easy for me to hang out with Landon Barefoot. He's one of us. He's a board member. I can go on vacation with him, hang out with him. He doesn't always need me, but there's somebody in your life that's going to need you that maybe can't give anything back. Those are the ones that we need to hang out with. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today and God for life. Lord, and that in abundance that you've given to us. You've given us this abundant life, and we, we walk in that abundance, and we thank you for it. Let us hear your word today and act upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. Church said, amen. There's a season in your life, whether you're new in Christ or you've been serving Jesus for 40 years or 50 years, that you'll walk in that realm. And it starts this way. There, there's first, in, in when, we, when we see Jesus, we see Jesus through the crowds. And so there's crowds that we, that we look at uh, in, in that realm. And, and we look at the crowd, okay? Uh, when Jesus ministered, historians will tell us, uh, theologians will tell us, that he may have ministered sometimes to ten and 20,000 people at a time. But the crowds are huge, and we know at different times that, uh, in Mark's gospel, I think the fourth chapter, the Bible says that it was noise abroad, that Jesus was in the house, and they had to cut the roof off because four friends laid down a paralytic man so that Jesus would pray for him, and Jesus said, your son's sins be forgiven, and then the, the religious people were like, how can you do that? And he said, what, what's the difference if I say your sins are forgiven or get up and be whole, uh, take up your bed and walk, and, but so that you'll know I'm the son of God, take up your bed and walk, your sins are forgiven. I mean, he, he was in the crowds all the time, He, he 20,000 people sometimes. There was, in fact, me and, Marcus, I, me and Marcus, I have a picture of a crowd. I mean, this is me and Marcus. That's Marcus's hat right there in front of me. I took the picture. That's Marcus and I leaving a Raiders game back when they were in Oakland. It was a Monday night football game, end of a double header on Monday night. And this was about 11.30 p.m., Pacific Standard Time. And we had gotten up at one o'clock in the morning Eastern Time. And so we'd been up for about 22 or 23 hours straight. And this is the crowd. All right. I showed that picture to Janie and she wasn't real impressed with it. She said, it's your own fault. You wanted to go. Took us an hour and a half to go a hundred yards to the BART, the Bay Area Rail Station. And then we and I and I was amazed because what do crowds do? Crowds follow. Crowds are, and this is what we first do. We look at we look at a crowd, okay, and we say, "Oh, there's a big crowd. There's somebody standing in line. What's going on there?" We do it sometimes even if we see a, a fire truck or an ambulance. We wonder what's taking place. If there's a if there's a, a a road deal. We were coming home from a Wednesday night service two Wednesday nights ago, and and uh, we were on a we were on a, a two lane two lane highway, and a uh, car was going really slow, and there was a state trooper behind the car, okay, and so. Uh, like, okay, the guy pulls over. All right, let's well, good we'll, we'll go around. The guy pulls over. The trooper starts to get out. The guy takes off. So <laughs> this is, all right, this is going to be amusing. And so he takes off, but he's only going 35 miles an hour. He's not like going fast. He de- What are you? Obviously he was, you know, probably drunk or something. I'm, I would assume. So the trooper pulls him over again. And then the, the trooper gets out and the guy opens his door shuts his door takes off again so oh, here we go and you know what happens next now we get to the point where there's eight troopers and a truck like there's the the trooper truck when the trooper truck shows up you know it's going to be a, a blast because the trooper truck's going to ram this guy off the side of the road or slow him down somehow. And so this was the eight on our side, and there was two or three more coming from the other side. And by the time it was all over with, you know, there was a massive cars around just because this guy wouldn't pull over. All right? And, and, and so he he's held up traffic. But everybody then driving by, they're, you know, they're going to slow down and look like, what's the guy look like? What kind of idiot is this? He got out of his car two or three times, then got back in and drove. You know the truth, like I told Janie, if I'm gonna run from the police, Chris, I'm gonna go more than 35 miles an hour, especially a state trooper, right? So, the, so there's a crowd now watching what's getting ready to take place, and I have to be honest with you, I was disappointed we had to go around. I wanted to see what this guy looked like. What, what damage did they do to his car? Are they going to call a tow truck? What's going to take? Like, who does that? And all these cars. And the traffic was backed up for miles. The crowd develops when Jesus was preaching. And he starts to take this crowd, and, and, he, and, he, and he's preaching to the crowd. And yet, while he's preaching to a crowd, and the disciples are pushed in, and you know it, like that picture, you're all mashed together. Jesus says, just at that time, wait a second, somebody's touched me. And the disciples are like, wait a second, Lord, what do you mean somebody's touched you? There's people all around you touching you. Yeah, but virtue has left my body. See, even a large crowd, you can make a difference. Even a large crowd, you can pray and God hears your prayer. It's like people follow crowds, sheep follow sheep, everybody herds together, but that one person, and it was a lady with an issue of blood for 12 years. 12 long years. She spent all her money going to doctors. She was considered unclean, wasn't supposed to leave the house. Everywhere she went, they had to either clean or damage the furniture that she was sitting on. She was an outcast in her own community, but she heard of one named Jesus. Because she heard of the one named Jesus, she ran to him and she ran to him with such faith that he says, Woman, your faith has made you whole, even in a crowd. Even in a crowd. See, there's a lot of watchers in a crowd, and that's okay. Don't let me say that to condemn anybody. If you're just, like, checking things out, that's good. But when Jesus wants us, after we check him out, to move on to the next level, and then we go to the next level from crowd, we go to then 5,000. We see this scripture. This story is is spoken in all four Gospels. One of the few stories other than the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Not even the birth of Jesus is spoken of in all four Gospels. This story is spoken in all four Gospels. Jesus one day was going to a mountainside to pray. And while he's on his way to pray, 5,000 men gathered. And for the next day or day and a half, two days, he's preaching to them to where he finally realizes, hey, these guys might be hungry. We need to feed them. Philip, what do you got? And Philip's like, what do you mean what do we got? There's 5,000 men here. We don't have anything. It would cost us years' worth of wages to feed 5,000 men plus their families. And Jesus, the Bible says, did this to test Philip. What do you think, Philip? By the way, Philip was the loner. Philip was the one that was under the oak tree, and Jesus saw him there. And when he called him out to follow him, Jesus says, you follow me, because I saw you alone. Philip was like, nobody saw me. He said, yeah, I saw you over there. Well, if you saw me, and Jesus said, greater works will you see, Philip, me do, than me calling you out underneath an oak tree. And he was getting ready to share with Philip This miracle that was going to take place of feeding the 5,000. And then Andrew, Peter's brother, comes up. And Andrew isn't real talkative in Scripture. He doesn't have the dialogue that Peter does. He's kind of like our Andrew. Some of you think our Andrew's quiet. He's really chatty around the house. He likes to talk. He likes to talk about in-depth In, deep thi- in depth things. And he, he might be the trivia champion of our house. I'm not sure. Brady's real close. But he might be the trivia champion. Marcus is good. Marcus is saying he is. He's kind of like that. When, but <laughs> But Andrew's not a real talkative, so we I, we got the name right there. He's not real talkative on 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 large groups. He kind of listens. So Andrew Peter's brother was the same way. The only time we hear Andrew say anything was once to Peter, hum, "Come come see a man. I found the Savior." All right, people, uh, bl- theologians believe that Peter and Andrew were actually were originally part of John the Baptist's team. Okay, hey, I, I've seen who I've seen the Savior. This is this is the one. And then here Andrew comes up and says, "Wait a second. I, 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 there is a boy here that have a couple of fish and, and some loaves. And Jesus says, great, sit everybody down in groups of 50 and 100. And I'm sure Philip is still thinking, uh, that's not enough. But where in the crowd, one person reached out and touched Jesus and virtue left his body. In this crowd of 5,000, one young child reached out and gave everything that he had. This is why we should look at children and how they want to give. Selah last year wanted to do a lemonade stand for Nicaragua $5,500 later that helped Nicaragua orphanage put a roof on. Now, they needed other help, and other churches gave it, but it's just the faith of a young person. It's the faith of a young person saying, wait a second, why can't God do it? See, we get old in our Christianity, and we forget our faith. Well, it's not logical, it doesn't, make fa- it doesn't make sense. God wants you to think big. God thinks he wants, wants you to think bold. God thinks he wants you to, he wants you to just to think, hey, he, my daddy can do anything. That's why we have to have childlike faith. The young man gave, the, the, gave his fish and loaves and I'm, I'm assuming maybe he was going to the store. He was just following the crowd. He wasn't probably there to hear Jesus. He was just caught up in the action. Jesus does this, he takes the bread, this is why we're having communion today, he blesses the bread, he breaks the bread, and then he gives it away. See, a lot of Christ followers are really good about the taking and the blessing part, they don't really like to be broken and given away. And so God wants to break you a little bit today, in a good way, so that he can give you away. And so Jesus blesses the bread, he gives breaks it, he sits them all down. And then the Bible says that the disciples went and picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Well, think about that for just a moment. Does that, does that, does that mess with you like it messed with me? Where did the baskets come from? Like if nobody had any food, where did the, were they just empty baskets laying on a hillside? I don't think so. I think some people were hoarding. Some people said, oh, I'm going to eat this myself. And then when Jesus started blessing and and breaking apart, they ate their food, they got this, and they had the 12 baskets left over, which they probably sent home with the young lad. But the moral of the story is this. Why was Jesus going to the mountain to pray? Well, we know he did that all the time. We know he prayed. But if you look at the chronological order of events in Jesus' life, earlier that day, his best friend, His cousin, the one he shared birthday parties with, grew up maybe homeschooled together, John the Baptist was beheaded. So he went to the mountain because he was sorrowful. He was sad. He needed to spend time with his father. Jesus said nobody walked on earth would be greater than John the Baptist. That's what he thought about John. this is a dear friend of his, and now his dear friend died. He's going to go to the mountain and pray. But during his mourning, during his quiet time, he has to stop. He has to put that on his hold, and he has to have an act of compassion where he's feeding probably nearly 20,000 people. That's the Jesus you serve. He will put this whole earth on hold to meet your one need. He will take care of you. That's how much Jesus loves you. It's an amazing story. We, we, we've we heard this story years, but Jesus lost his best friend and cousin earlier that day, and he's just going to go pray, but he can't because he's got to minister, which leads us to the 70. In Luke 10 and Matthew 10, Jesus is going to send out seventy two by two. It's an amazing thing. It's the original. Told Marcus, it's the original. Every home for Christ. Marcus, you know, partners with Every Home for Christ to help teach people how to just have spiritual conversation. And Jesus was the embodiment of this. He he told them, don't take anything for your journey. Don't take a backpack, a knapsack. If they won't receive you, just dust off their your shoes and move on to the next one. And he, the reason I think he tells them not to take anything because it, it's got to be Jesus. It's not a formula, right? It's not hey just You know, lay the cloth on the head or anything. I'm not just. I'm not speaking against how people do things. Jesus just isn't into formulas. He's into relationship. So they're knocking on doors, and they're they're saying, hey, is there anybody? And Jesus tells them this, raise the dead, heal the sick, all right, preach Jesus, preach salvation, and then uh, cast out any demons. Right? It just has a little list there, here's what you got to go do. So they're empowered, they're anointed, and they're sent. Same thing that we still are today. We're empowered, we're anointed, and we're sent. They come back. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, uh, there's t- Sunday night testimony night. If you've been in church for a while, that's what Sunday nights used to be like. It would be testimony. Wear some dancing shoes. We're going to have worship. And then we're going to have somebody's going to get up and call people out. Hey, give us a testimony. What's going on? And, and we'd have testimony on, on Sunday night. And so they were given testimonies. Lord, uh, those demons are subject to us and in your name. It's amazing. This person got healed. And this person got set free. This guy got delivered. This person was dead. He came back to life. God, they the, the demons. Demons are subject, and Jesus said, wait a second. I saw Satan thrown out from heaven. Glory not that the demons are subject to you in my name. Glory in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. (sighs) Now, let me mess with you theologically for a second. That was before the cross. That was before death, burial, and resurrection. He's calling these guys saved. You can go home and study it. Luke, the 10th chapter. My point is this. If you read the phrase of which Jesus is speaking, he compares their name being written down to Satan being cast from heaven. So Satan, they, we, we're on earth. Satan is cast from heaven to earth. They're from earth written down in heaven. So he's, what he's saying is, hey, you've traded places with this guy. You're, you're a new believer. You're, your name's written down. So where Satan wants to be there, he can't. He's stuck here. Where we are seem to be seemingly stuck here, we're not. We're actually in heaven's practices because we're all empowered. We're all anointed, and we're all sent to go forth and do the very thing that these 70 on 7 were doing, 70 by 2. Also, it was the practice of the Sanhedrin to operate in a court of 70. So he's saying, wait a second, heavenly power is better than earthly power. The 70 then moves us to 12. And most, by the way, most people stop in the 70. It's like the, the first is the, the crowd we're going to follow, okay? The next is 5,000. It's kind of the healing, feeding crowd. It's a crowd that says, and it's okay. We need to be fed. We need to be healed emotionally, spiritually, relationally, okay? And we come into the, so we come into the 70, now God wants us to do something. We're, we're being sent out. We're, be, we're being those people that are inviting people to church. We're being those people that, that offer help or guidance, some of our friends here in this service or in the first service, they have whole rows that would sit with them. Mike and Naomi got a whole row, and sometimes Aiden has to sit behind. So what, are you the outcast? No, we got people keep coming, you know. Or we're working on row number two, or maybe they'll be working on a whole section before long. That'd be good. How about a whole section? By the way, Carly Hager is voting for Jersey Sunday on Super Bowl, so we'll... we'll, we'll she liked, she liked that. Uh, she was telling me and Marcus, I really like the Jersey Sunday. I said, well, Drew doesn't like it. Oh, we all got to do what Drew wants to do. That's exactly what she said. And so we may, we may make Jersey Sunday optional on Super Bowl Sunday. If you want to wear your jersey on Super Bowl Sunday, how many thinks it's a good idea? Okay. How many thinks it's a bad idea? Oh, good. All right. Oh, Emily Emily and Drew. Well, <laughs> so we'll make sure. See, since they're part of the team, we can have some mandates, too. But, no, I wouldn't do that. So, all right, if you have a jersey, wear it on Super Bowl Sunday and, and we'll, we'll enjoy church. The 12. The Bible says Jesus prayed all night long, and then he went and called his disciples. Now, I've preached it before. I'll preach it again. They were kind of a motley crew. They were they were a group of misfits. They were people that, like, didn't fit anywhere, didn't, didn't even get along with each other in, in uh, particular cases. And so when you look at them, you, you see that they had some fishermen. They're small business owners. They had a religious zealot. They had a political science major, a political zealot. They had a, a loner in Philip. They had a skeptic in Thomas. They had a tax collector in Matthew. I mean, what's Jesus doing? And, I, and I've preached it before. He's getting all these people together. He's showing us how community works. He's showing us how, how we can get along and all that's beautiful. But I think it was such a brilliant move. He got business small business owners together, because during that time, there was no ATMs, there were no credit cards or debit cards. You actually, you traded your goods for somebody else's. So while Jesus was preaching the hillside for three years, these guys would know who they could barter with, who they could change or exchange with. They had a tax collector who would have known everybody's name, okay? Uh, the, they would have known well, where to go and who to minister to. Well, that's Jim's house over there, or that, that's, you know, that's that's Josiah's house over there. That's that person's house. Let's go talk to them, Mary Salome. They they would have known that. They they, they would have the religious zealot would have known the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and maybe when Jesus would have secretly had to move out of town because the, the, the Sanhedrin court was there, they, they would have known the, the political zealots would have known uh, the laws of the land. Not that Jesus didn't, but he was grouping people around him that knew the different societies of life. And this is important for us to know because it's not then what they did. It's who they did it for. These men then became missionaries. They become missional, but you can be a missionary right on your job. You can be a missionary in your own neighborhood. You can be a missionary in your own community. And this is what Jesus is teaching us that as he placed all these people around him that they were doing their job, they actually had value and did something. They didn't have to abandon everything, although they did. You don't have to abandon everything to follow Jesus as far as work goes. You can be a disciple right on your job. You can be a disciple right where you live. You can be a disciple in exactly what you do. In fact, we have people here that minister to churches, that do things for that reason. To minister to people, their occupation is a ministry, and yet it looks like it's uh, uh, just a, a good business. But as a ministry that ministers to people. Jesus prayed all night, and then he picked his 12, and his 12 looked like they weren't getting along. In fact, one time the Bible says in Matthew, the 20th chapter, that Jesus berated his disciples because they weren't getting along, even though they didn't have a lot of things in common. The 12, though, then takes us to three. And I'm getting ready to close. The three is Jesus' inner circle, Peter, James, and John. The three are the ones that were with him at the Mount of Transfiguration. They were in the room and Jerius' daughter gets healed. Remember, Jesus had to re- remove the room from doubt. So it's mom and dad, Jerias, who's dead. It's uh, J- Jesus, and then it's Peter, James, and John. There's seven people in the room. He's got to remo- this is Jesus' inner circle. He didn't love Peter, James, and John any more than he loved. Uh, the rest of the disciples. He just needed that that one person or those those people. They were there at Transfiguration, they're at Jerias, they were in the garden at Gethsemane. They were they were with Jesus. You need an inner core of people. You need someone you can go to coffee with. You need someone you can go to dinner with. You need someone you can go on vacation with. You need someone that will if you have to confide in them, they won't take it outside the doors of that house or that room. You need people who you can talk to in confidence who are Christ followers and believers. And you know if you have an issue, that next morning they will be on their face before the Lord. When Janie was sick in the hospital, we asked people not to come. But I had calls from people on our board that said, Pastor, if you need anything, you let me know. If it's in the middle of the night, my phone will be here. You'll never know how much that ministered to me. And it wasn't that we didn't want people here. I had one concentration. That was it. For nine days, that was my whole concentration. But I knew they were praying. I knew I had pastors around the country that would call. I'll be there tomorrow. If you need me to, I'll get on a plane. I'll be there. Mark, I'll be there. No, you just pray. And I knew the next day they were praying. I knew that night they were praying. Listen, you need to surround yourself with people who are strong believers in Christ. You need to surround yourself with people that you can say, listen, I'm going through something right now, or they're comfortable saying, hey, man, I'm going through something right now. Would you pray for me? And they know that your prayers are going to hit the throne room of grace. That's an inner circle that Jesus had. That's an inner circle that we need to have. Come on back, worship team, because then it goes down to the one. There's always room for one. Listen, church, there's always room for the one. John was the beloved. He calls himself that. He, he says, the one that Jesus loved more than anybody. That's, that's, and he's talking about himself in that case, that, that after the cross, there's room for everybody. John is the one sitting on, on the, on the next to him during the last supper. John is the one that's at the cross where Jesus says, hey, son, take my mother. Mother, here's my son. John is the one that when Peter decides to go fishing after the resurrection, and they'd only seen Jesus a couple times, and Peter says, I'm going fishing. John, the 20th chapter. And Peter takes with him uh, Andrew, James, John. He takes with him Thomas and one other disciple, and they're going fishing. And all of a sudden, he hears a voice from the seashore. Children, have you caught any fish? Well, this is the same story as in Luke, the fifth chapter. Wait a second. I've heard that voice before. Throw your nets on the other side. Same thing he says in Luke 5. And all of a sudden, they throw their nets in. And John says, wait a second. That's the Savior. That's the Master. And he runs through the sea to get there. Peter along with him, and Peter's restored. Listen, you need to know who the voice of Christ is in your life. You need to be able to hear the difference of Jesus is telling you or somebody else is telling you something. And if Jesus is saying, it, even if it doesn't make sense, you know you're going to do that. It's the one. The woman with the issue of blood was the one in the crowd. A boy with two loaves and five fish or two fish and five loaves was, was the one in that crowd. Right here, John is the one. Stand with me. This morning, we're going to get ready to take communion. John is the one, but it's post cross, it's post resurrection. The, the The one can be anybody now. The one can be everybody now. The one should be everybody. So I want you to contemplate this. Maybe you're just part of the crowd. Okay. And just want to take one step further and be part of the 5,000. Maybe you're part of the 5,000 you just take one step forward and be part of the 70. You're, if you're part of the 70, you just want to become a disciple on your job or in your home or neighborhood. Part of the 12, you need to be an inner core with somebody else. You, you need to have an inner circle where you can, you can minister and be ministered to. but today, everybody can be the one. There's room at the cross. <laughs> There's room at the table. There's room on the seashore. We're going to take communion. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just from I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing a song. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Marcus and Charity, if you can come. Michael, name it. Come up and help us. I got them. I got those guys up. Michael, name it. If you come over here. These guys are going to just help with communion. I want you to come up. Grab the elements of this. If you can, make your way back to your seat. Hang on to them. We'll, we'll take them together. But Jesus is the one. And he wants us to become one with him. So let's pray. To make that step forward, just do so in your heart. So, man, I need to stop just watching. I need to start being or start doing. I need to, I need to gather people around me or I need to witness to my neighbors, family members, friends. Father, I pray right now, God, Lord, as this message spoke to me, let it speak to your sheep, your people, Father. Lord, help us just to become that one. Help us to be the one that has the Lord the faith of the one with the issue of blood. Has the faith to give everything like the little boy. Let us be the one like John who will will make room at the table, make room at the cross, and see you on the seashore, that we can hear your voice. Lord, let us become the one. Help us to advance to that next season, the next next series of life, the next level, if you will. Father, I pray you touch the hearts of men and women right here, right now, as we get ready to take communion. In Jesus' name we pray. If you'll come, grab the elements, circle back around, and just hang on. We'll, We'll take communion together. God bless you.
1: you
2: examine ourselves. We thank you for the forgiveness and freedom of sin. Lord, we stand here righteous, not because of our own works, but because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because of your sacrifice. Jesus, we stand in unity together. Lord, with one heart, one mind, with one head, that is Jesus Christ. Lord, as we remember the body that was broken for us, that Jesus Christ, your backs, your back was whipped and beaten so that we could be healed. Lord Jesus, you had hands that were nailed to the cross, Lord, and your feet so that we could be free and forgiven. Lord, we ask that you would bless this bread now as we take this in remembrance of you. In
0: Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread. Isaiah 1 18 says, Come, let us reason now together. Though your sins may be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. And that's what the blood of Jesus Christ did. He wiped us completely clean from our past, our present, even our future sins are found free in Him as we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. So we bless the cup today, we're thankful, Father, for you and what you've done for us as our sins are wiped white as snow. We thank you. And pray that you'd bless this cup today. Lord, if there be here that needs a broken spirit to be renewed and refreshed, let him do it through the blood, Father. We come to you through the blood. We thank you for the cup. Father, Lord, as we're able to sit at the table with you today, bless this cup, Father, Lord, as we participate today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take the cup together.
2: that message today? Are you are you motivated and excited to go out and to do what God has called you to do today? Amen. Come on. That was the insert applause. God is good. Amen. All right. Well, I just want to close the service in a word of prayer and thank you guys for coming today. Uh, please don't forget that if you want to be a part of that, um, the offering. Shay Bag. Uh, then see Pastor Mark right after church, so you can be uh, partner with that. And then um, don't forget this Wednesday uh, at 630 downtown. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together in your name. Lord, we are gathered and we are commissioned. Lord, we are called. And then, Lord, now we go out as we as sent people to do the work that you've called us to do. Empower us with your spirit. God, I pray that you would help us to be like that one. Lord God, if nobody else is willing to lift up a sacrifice to say, hey, I'll do it, Lord, let us be the one. Lord, if nobody else is willing to, uh, to sit at the foot of the cross, Lord Jesus, like John, Lord, let us be like that one to say, God, I don't know what anybody else is gonna do, but I wanna be the one, Lord Jesus, that's gonna say, I will be your closest friend. I will be the one to wake up early to pray. God, I'll be the one to stay up late to, to tarry with you, God. I pray that you'd help us to put it on our hearts. God, whatever level it is, if it's the three or the 12 or the 5,000 or the crowd, Lord, we thank you, God, that you meet us where we are. That you look at us, God, even if we're spectators, just checking things out today. God, I thank you that your heart is for us, that you love us. God, and you say, come just as you are. We respond to you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. God, we ask that you'd have your way in each one of our lives, that you'd bless us. Give us a wonderful week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday at 630 downtown.
3: Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv slash give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.